Hi, this is Ryan Roberts, and you're listening to The Millennial Preacher, the show where we talk about tough subjects and answer the hard questions. I hope it's both positive and encouraging, but I also hope it challenges you in all the right ways. Well, I'm excited, so let's get going with today's show. I want y'all to give it up for our youth pastor, Ryan Roberts. Amen. Can we just take a few minutes? I don't know whether to preach or to yell and scream and shout and jump some more, but can we just take a moment, everybody in this room, and just give God some glory and some praise and say, thank you, Lord, that you're so wonderful. You're so incredible. You're stronger than any man. You're stronger than any curse. You're stronger than depression. You're stronger than anxiety. You're stronger than my mistakes. You're stronger than my bad habits. You're stronger than my thought life. You're stronger than my past. You're stronger than anything I've ever done. You're stronger than anything I didn't do. You're stronger than what my mother did or my father did or my grandparents did or my great-grandparents did or my great-great-grandparents did. You're stronger than any family curse. You are king in Jesus' name. Jesus. God, he's so good. He's so good. And it, it burdens me and it breaks my heart that some people, they still feel that it's so much of themselves. And, and, it's, and it's, I can never reach them because I can never be perfect. And, and, and I, can't, I can't escape the thoughts. I, I can't escape the broken places. I can't escape what he did or she did. I can't escape what, 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 what happened in my marriage that broke it apart. I can't escape, I can't escape what was spoken from generation to generation. I can't escape it, but let me tell you, it's not your goodness. It's His goodness. Will you pray with me? Say, Father, Father, I renounce any curses. I renounce curses that were intentional. I renounce curses that were unintentional. I renounce things that I should have never submitted to. Lord, get everything out of the way that's not of you so that I may receive from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. If you haven't noticed, um, there's two things if you've ever heard me preach before and I think about maybe 80% of the room has. If you've ever heard me preach before, there's two things about me you'll learn real quick. Number one is I'm a ponderer. That means I'll chew and chew and chew and chew on on something until I feel like I've got all the juice out of it. I'll take a scripture or a thought or or a situation and I'll chew and chew and chew and and I'll bring it before God constantly until I finally feel like I've gotten what, what the Lord wanted me to have. And the second thing is I'm a hollaback preacher. I'm a hollaback preacher. That means if you holler back at me, it's a lot better of a sermon and we can have a lot more fun together. Amen, somebody? If you got a Bible, turn to Romans 8. If you don't have one, I've got it up on the screen, I believe. 
the Holy Spirit is strong in this church this morning. It's a long one. We're going to read it together. Are you ready? Anybody ready? All right, I'll take a couple. I'll take a couple. Romans 8 says this. It says, Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus, because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do since it was limited by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in flesh like ours under sin's domain. And as a sin offering, in order that the law's requirement would be accomplished in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh think about the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit about the things of the spirit, for the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace, for, the, for it is unable to do so. Set of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit itself to God's law, for it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God lives in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And we can help you with that today. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through His Spirit who lives in you. Verse 12, So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, for whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. And I'm going to stop there for now. A couple of things to point out about this scripture that I want us to notice. I don't know how many of you have ever opened to the book of Romans or read the book of Romans or heard some sermons on the book of Romans. Romans is a unique book. If you ask a bunch of Christians what their favorite book of the Bible is, most of them will probably say the book of Romans or one of the Gospels. And here's why. Romans presents a problem. If you read, especially chapter 7, right before chapter 8 that we just read part of, if you, if you read up into this point, it presents the problem of, I keep messing up. It, it presents a problem that I, I, I may be set free and delivered, but I still live in a fallen and broken world. It, it, it presents a problem that, 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 that there's still some consequences to things that maybe I did before I met Jesus. It presents this, this they call it a flesh problem, of temptation. But, but if you get to chapter 8, 
if you ever get past all the stuff in, in chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, and you get to chapter 8, it opens with something unique. The very first verse opens with no condemnation, and it closes with no separation. And we'll get to the close in just a moment. If you look at that first verse again, therefore there is no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. So let me explain condemnation because I think we don't do a good job in in big C church world a lot of times. There's two things, two C words you'll hear when it comes to guilt and sin and things like that. Condemnation and conviction. How many of you have heard one of those words or both of those words? Okay, well, let me explain. Condemnation is like what we do to a house that's unlivable. We, we, the, the state or whoever will say that house is condemned. It's not livable. You can't do anything in it anymore. It's not worth it. It's not fixable. It's gotten too disarray. It's messed up. It's jacked up. It's not, it's not worth it. Don't spend your money on it. That, that's condemnation. The enemy, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever you want to call him, we'll call him the idiot. The idiot will try to tell you and convince you that you're a house that isn't good enough. That, that, that your house, your, your, your spirit, your, your, your body, you, who, what makes you, will never, will never be good enough ever again. And you've messed up one too many times. You, you gave in to too many temptations. You thought too many thoughts. You were abused a little too much when you were younger or maybe just yesterday. You, you, you gave in too much. And so you can never reach a certain point. But again, that was the idiot that said that. Say the idiot said that. But let me tell you what conviction is. If you are a Christian... If you're a Christian, that means you're a born-again child of God. There's something different. It doesn't just mean you came and signed a card. Now, that may be something you did, but that's not, that don't mean you're a Christian. There's an awful lot of people that sign cards in churches, and they never did anything. They signed a card. And, I, and I'm all about connecting with that person because that's why we do that if we do do that. But, but, but if there's no true repentance, if there's no true, true receiving forgiveness, then, then they're not a Christian. Getting dunked in water is a great thing. That's the next step after becoming a Christian. But it doesn't make you a Christian. There's an awful lot of people that got dunked in water when they were 12 years old, and they weren't even a Christian. They just got wet. Now, I'm not downing baptism. Please don't hear that. I love baptism. I'm I'm all about it. It's the next step, though. It's not the first step. It's the next step. So, So what is conviction? Conviction is when something inside of you, if you are a Christian, and you've done something you shouldn't have done, because guess what? You're not perfect, and neither am I. When you've done something you shouldn't have done, when you looked at the image again, when you spoke the word again, when, 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 you, when you didn't uh, work with your, 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 your spouse again, when, 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 when you messed up again, you feel conviction. It, it's like a little voice inside of you, but it's even greater than that. It, it, it doesn't tell you that you're bad. It tells you what you submitted to was wrong. It, it, it gives you some hope inside. It, conviction is we got to get that thing out so we can put something better in. Conviction is a good thing. 
We don't thank God for conviction, but if we didn't have conviction, how would we know that we were even Christians? Because there wouldn't be any difference in us and the rest of the world. Amen, somebody? And so there's two different things. God will never give you condemnation. So if you're feeling condemned this morning, if you feel condemned because I didn't go down and I should have, or, or, or last night I did it again and no one knows about it, but I feel it. And I'm not good enough. I can't receive that forgiveness. I, I, I can't raise my hands and worship God. That's a lie. That's from the idiot, remember? But if you feel a little tug inside of you that is tugging you back to the things of God, that is your father saying, hey, son, I still love you. Hey, hey, daughter. I'm still for you. Hey, 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 son, you're my boy. I will never leave you nor forsake you, even when you want to leave me. So it's important to notice that while the Apostle Paul, who wrote to the book of Romans, presented this problem that he was having with temptation and his flesh, because how many of you know I still live in a flesh suit? It's presenting this problem, he, he, he gets to a point in chapter 8 where he opens with, therefore there is no condemnation. And, 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 and I think that we don't, we don't think and thank God enough for conviction and we don't silence the enemy in condemnation. Another thing, if, we, if chapter 7 talks about being wretched and dead and in anguish, which is this extreme sorrow place, chapter 8 talks about victory. It, it, it's where we ought to get a little excited. Leading up to chapter 8, as we've talked about, there were six verses in chapter 7. There's 19 per, personal pronouns. That means it's constantly talking about the I like the video we just watched. Chapter 7 talks about the I problem, the me problem. And, and just as he said in the video, no, 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 no. It's not if I can be good enough or if I can stop something or if I, I can escape something. No, no, no. It's if Christ is good enough. That's the difference. That, that's the place I feel the Holy Spirit is trying to get the edge church to. The very first verse is, is, is the freedom of bondage. Now, mind you, it does not say freedom from making a mistake or slipping up. I, I, I'm here to tell you, as a man of God, as a pastor, as a preacher, as a youth minister, as all these different things, that you're not going to wake up perfect tomorrow. Just because you've got come to a place where you're a Christian, that don't mean that you are perfect. No, what that means is you started a brand new life. You started a brand new journey. That means like kind of like when a baby is learning how to walk, they stumble and fall a few times. And what do, what do we do as parents, as grandparents, aunts, uncles, all these things? What do we do? We pick them back up and we say, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then they fall again and it's cute and we laugh. And we take a video of it and put it on Instagram. And then we pick them back up and, and that, that's what God's doing. That's why you're not supposed to feel condemned when you've messed up. There is no, I messed up too much. But, but there's a place of conviction that you should feel. And if you're not feeling conviction, I, I encourage you to ask God, not a pastor, why. I encourage you to have a conversation with Holy Spirit personified, not the, but Holy Spirit, the person. And, and, and I believe some people are going to do that this morning. Some people already have. Amen. It does not say freedom from consequences. 
you know, sometimes we'll, we'll do something and, and we've really messed up and, 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 and there's some consequences that should follow. If I go down here and I rob the bank, uh, Regions Bank in the Ingalls parking lot, and I come back to the altar and I say, God, forgive me. God has forgiven me, but that don't mean the cops ain't going to be knocking on this door here in just a moment. Okay? So I just want you to know, because some of you, some people, not none of you, some people in the church world just feel sorry that they got caught and that's not conviction. That, that's, that's not of Jesus. That's of flesh. That's, that's of me. I feel bad because somebody saw what I did or they know what I did. No, no, no. That's not God. God has this holy conviction that if I don't get myself right with Him, then it's all, I'm, I'm going to be so messed up. I, I, I can't be separated from Him. And it's, I just need to know that I know Him. But that may mean that I still have some worldly consequences because I did worldly things I shouldn't have done. Amen, somebody? Okay, I'm just making sure we're on the same page. Sin, let me define sin for you because we talk a lot about sin and and, and there's so many different things that preachers have said. Let me give you the original language. The Greek word for sin is harmatono. It means to miss. It's as missing to reach a goal or a mark. It's the same word in the original language that they used for when they were playing a sport and there was a target and they missed the target. It's literally the same word. So sin is, I missed the mark. I know the direction I was supposed to go in, but I completely missed it. That's what sin is. There's another word, let me ask you if you've heard this word, repentance. How many has heard the word repentance in church? Awesome. If you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you what the word repentance means. Repentance is not just I felt bad and I cried a little bit. That may be part of it, but that's not what repentance means. Repentance also doesn't mean that I've just got to come and kneel here. That may be part of it, but that's not repentance. Let me tell you what repentance is. Repentance is I'm walking down the wrong path. It's not going to get me anywhere. It's only bounding me to something I don't want. It's separating me from God. Repentance is when I go, duh, Ryan, I don't want this anymore. God, please forgive me and rescue me. And he shows you another path, and then I turn from that thing. That's what repentance is. I'm, I'm, the church is coming to a place in 2020, Big C, where sloppy grace doesn't work anymore. Now, let me tell you something. I'm all about grace. We preach a grace message, but if you open your word just a little bit, the, the gospel grace is always presented with truth. You can't have grace without truth. You can't have truth without grace. So it wouldn't do any good if all we did as your pastors and preachers is preach grace, grace, grace. You can do whatever you want, but we never gave you truth. Praise God for a church that preaches truth and grace. We've got to get to something. I'm, we're going somewhere. We're climbing the mountain. Today I'm going to expose to you one of Satan's greatest attacks. What the Bible describes you, as we just read in chapter 8, if you're not in Christ, you are a dead man or a dead woman. You might as well go by the coffin, you're a dead person. You're not alive. That's, maybe that's why you don't feel the joy of the Lord. You're dead in your sin and in your mess. It feels real good when you're sitting, but it will always leave you in a place where you just feel dead. 
But when you become alive in Christ, it's like that heart begins to beat louder and louder and louder. And as you keep climbing, climbing that, that, that road of God, it doesn't mean every step is easy. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be some hard times. You still live in the world, people. I don't know why churches have preached, especially in the 1990s TBN, preached this message of if you give enough money and if you pray enough, your life is going to be perfect. No, you still live in the real world. You still have a real spouse. You still have real kids. You still live around fallen people. So there's going to be some things that happen, but now it's worth it. There's a hope at the end of the road. There's something at the end that's going to make it all, all, all matter. And that's why you, when you're on the road, things change. I want to I give you an illustration. Halen and Emily's going to help me with this. Uh, yeah, Jamie, you can help make sure that rope gets spread out. So they're going to spread out for you the road that God presents to you when you become an alive person, a Christian. So if this is what kind of happens. Let's say, and y'all spread it out tight. It don't have to be spread all the way. Just, just tight. I want to be able to see it. So let's just say that right here where Halen is, this is the point that I became a Christian. This is the point that that, that relationship with God started. And in that moment, whether it happened at a church or a VBS or a youth ministry, a children's ministry, maybe it happened in your bedroom. For me, it happened in my bedroom at like 2 a.m. So it don't have to just be at the church. Wherever it happened, God gave you a path he wants you to take. Let me, let me get the scripture so I don't mess it up and you'll believe me. In the Psalms, or Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs 16, 9, it says, The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So that means that I may have an idea of where I want to go, but God will establish every single step. He gives me provision. What is provision? Provision is where Emily is. Hey, Emily. That's provision right there. So I may know, have an idea or a vision or it's a dream of where God wants to take me. I know biblically the main goal is to get to a place where when I die and I'm face to face with my father and he says he knows me and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's the ultimate goal. The Bible describes these triumphs as crowns and that's a different teaching for another day. But it's like he spelled out a path and I can't see around every corner but I just want you to be able to see it. Are you with me? Okay, a couple people, that's okay. All right, let's say that I start on the path. And, and, and it seemed real easy when I came to the altar. It was, it was pretty cute. It, it, it was sweet. I had a bunch of hugs and high fives, and, and, and I became a, became a Christian, and so I got a brand new family. But then I had to go home. So let's say, uh, Pastor Jason, will you come over here? Come on this side, please, sir. So here's Pastor Jason. Let's say, and he's not this. But let's say he represents a temptation in my life. So now I want you to stand and hold the rope. So now I have this roadblock. So now I'm over here because I gave in to the temptation. Not that he is, but I gave in to the temptation. Now I can't see straight ahead of me so well. There's something here that has blocked it and swayed my path a little bit. I stepped over. But remember the word repentance. I feel conviction. I've repented. Now I'm back on the pathway. 
And, and, and that's what we got to do because it's not going to be easy. So now I'm walking down, and let's say right here, this is where God says, I want you to go to another level. I want you to have another event that happens in your life. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's what happens here. Let's say that I had that. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Biblically, that says I'm filled with His power and His authority. And so now I can walk in a brand new place. You might not understand that. Another teaching for another day. But, but, but things are awesome, and I keep walking. And then let's just say... Jenny, you're in the right place at the right time. I want you to stand right here. Jenny's another temptation. And let's say I really, really, really like this temptation, whatever it is. Tie that to that rope for me. And, and so Jenny represents another temptation, whatever it is. And, and, and let's just say this was my past drug addiction that I left back there, but, I, but, but it tempted me again because we live in a fallen world. And now I've given to this one. So not only is my, my pathway a little swayed, but I decide, you know, I really like this one, and I don't know if I even believe this is real anymore. So now I'm going to create a brand new path. And so now I'm going to start taking this road. And Dayana, come grab this. So now I've taken this road. You can take it back to your seat with you, but unravel it. So now I've taken this road, and I've taken it this far, and it led me to this place, and it's not a good place, and now I don't even know what God was, what that whole God thing was. I don't go to church anymore. I can't even see where I'm at. That's okay. I can't even see where I'm at. So now I want you to hold this section right here. Sit down with it, please. So, and now I'm here, and now it's not even, but maybe it was just smoking weed. Let's just pretend. And it was just smoking weed. Well, now it's, that don't do anything for me. And I remember back in the day when I was a teenager and I, I popped some pills. And so now I'm going to take down that pathway. And so now I start down that pathway. And now I'm here. Now I'm not just, just hold that. Now I'm not just doing that. I'm lower this. I'm kind of hefty. And so now I did this. And so now I'm selling it. So that one took me way, way, way over here. And it's getting really bad. I really don't know what that God thing was back there. I don't know what that whole church thing was. It, it, it was kind of strange, and it was weird, and it was awkward, and it's all fake. And hold this right here, this one right here. So, so now, now I'm here, and it's like, dang, my, my marriage ain't working anymore. My, my wife doesn't trust me. And, and you know, I really liked that, that one girl that I hung out with when I was 18 years old, and you know, I found her on Facebook, and now she's doing the dope with me. And then I go, you know what? I think I'm going to take that road. And so now I'm coming over here, and, and, and I'm going to stretch it across you. Is that okay? And so now I'm taking that road way, way, way over here. It took me to a place I don't even want to. It's going to bump your head a little bit. That's okay. And I'm coming way, 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 way over here, and it's messed me up. And now I'm so deep in this terrible, terrible place, and I'm facing this direction. And I'm like, dang. I can't see God. I can't see the pathway. I can't see, I can't see my church family. I don't even know if they're there anymore, and they don't want me anyway, I bet. And, and that condemnation is setting in, and, and I really, really, really hate myself, and nothing's good anymore. I, that, 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 that woman left me because I couldn't provide anymore, and now I'm on the street, and and I'm broken, and I'm messed up, and I'm bound up, and can't shake this addiction. I've got this big, long chain, and, and I, something inside of me is saying, you've got two choices. You could keep making pathways until it ends in a very, very, very tragic way. Or what if I could get back to that other path? What if, what, what if I could get back to, to, to that whole God thing? What if, 
what if I could pick up where I left off? No, no, no. Surely, surely God wouldn't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm so messed up. I'm so bound up. Surely my church family will hate my guts and won't even talk to me anymore. And then I remember, I remember that, that weird youth pastor that does crazy illustrations. He preached that message on Romans 8. And, and I remember him telling me, I don't remember everything because it was weird, but I, I remember him saying something about condemnation and conviction. And what if I'm not... What if I'm listening to the wrong voice? What if it's F-I, 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 and not F-Jesus? And, and may, maybe, maybe I sort of start listening to God's voice again, and I say, God, God, I miss you. God, I, I know I messed up. I, I created a bunch of craziness and havoc, and God, I don't know if you're there. I, I don't even know if you're real anymore. I can't see you, and... And God, if you want me to, I'll start to, I'll start to go back the other way. But let me tell you how good conviction is, how good God is. He won't make you go that way. He'll pick you up. He will pick you up. And he'll take you right back here where you were. And he'll say, you don't have to go down that path. I'll take you right back because you're my son. And no lie of the enemy will take you. If y'all could, some people help me pull that back in. And y'all can sit that down. Thank you so much, guys, for helping me with that. And let me tell you what God will do with that rope. Let me tell you what God will do with that rope. Once you get back on that right path. Now, there may have been some, some consequences like we talked about. I ain't, I ain't saying it's just like, boom, you're good. But, but spiritually, 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 you're put back on the right pathway. All you had to do is feel that conviction and repent. And your church family, if they're real, if they're real, they'll take you back. They'll take you back. I guarantee you, if it's the edge, we got a seat with your name on it. And we're waiting on you. I don't know who's watching Facebook Live right now, but the Holy Spirit's telling me there's somebody watching. And you're wondering if the edge is still there. We're still at 4115 Price Road, Gazel, Georgia. And there's a seat with your name on it. Come on, running. We're here for you. I promise. Let me tell you what, what the Holy Spirit will enable you to do with this. You might need to get refilled with the Holy Spirit. You might need to might need to take a season of restoration, but, but if you allow him, you, you still have this, but it's not your path anymore. It's not your bondage anymore. i tell you what it is now. It's your rope to rescue people back and pull them back where they're supposed to be. Some of you are so ashamed of your mistakes. You're so ashamed of your path. And let me tell you something. God is saying, no, 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 no. That's your pathway. That, 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 that's your rope to pull people back. That's, that's your rescue. That's your lifeline. That's your lifeline. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Uh, the worship team's done, ready to go. And, and the Holy Spirit's been moving in this place. Let me tell you what God told me. Let me tell you what God told me, Pastor. God told me when I was praying and I was doing some studying and I was looking up some things about God and I was reading the scripture and trying to dive in and I'll be honest with you I preached something like this to the youth a couple weeks ago but God gave me some more meat and I was praying about it and I said okay God what what are you trying to do like what why I, I, I get it I get it but pastor is back in town shouldn't we shouldn't we we talk about that or 
Shouldn't we talk about we're, we're still we're finishing the fast? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we close with something like being hungry? Or, or shouldn't, we, shouldn't we keep talking about 2020? And, and God told me this. He said, look around, spiritually look around the church. And he said, what do you see? And I said, I see victors. I see victors, not victims, victors. And he said, what else do you see? I said, I see, I see overcomers. Let me tell you something, because some of you, some of you heard me wrong. Some of you thought I was talking about just one ministry. Let me tell you something. It don't matter what your sin was. If you've become a Christian, a child of God, you're an overcomer. It don't matter what it was. It may have been, you may have felt like, well, I don't have this great long testimony in this laundry list. Are you kidding? You were a dead man. You were a dead woman. It don't matter what the sin was. Who cares? You're alive now. You're an overcomer. And, and I, I kept saying, well, God, what, is, what else? He said, what else do you see? And I said, I, said, I see sons and daughters, and I see people that, 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 that are breaking out of prison cells, and, and they have the keys in their hand. And, and God said, but you know what? They have the key, but they don't know how to use the key. I said, God, what are you trying to say? And he said, He said, if someone's in a prison and if you have a key and you throw it into them and you say, there it is, you can get out of prison. All you got to do is put the key in the hole and they go, it's not real. It's not not real. I I, I like my prison cell too much. I I deserve to be in here. I'm I'm not good enough. I, I, I can't preach like some preacher. I can't. I, I can't minister like like Pastor Jason. I can't love like Pastor Wanda. I can't. I, I, I can't. I dang sure can't help those kids like Pastor Pam. I, 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 I'm not good enough. Oh, oh, you just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know. You just don't know that every one of us was in prison with you. But somebody at some point came along and threw a key in and and they told us how to use it. This morning, this morning I believe the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm throwing keys all out everywhere to anybody that wants one. You got to want it, but I'll give it to you, but you got to use it. See, this thing right here, it's awesome, but it's not a paperweight. It's hard to read, but it's a sword if you'll use it. I got temptation in my life. Have you picked up your sword lately? I need a healing. I'm, I'm with you. I need one right now. I don't tell people, but I need one right now. Have I picked up my sword? Have I picked it up and used it? What about my shield of faith? Let me tell you something. Faith is rising up in the edge. Church, Pastor. I'm, I promise I'm trying to finish this, but I've got to obey. One last thing. We'll tie it back to the scripture. In verse 15. It said, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The word Abba is like our daddy. The spirit himself testifies together with the spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs. When this was written, the apostle Paul was in a culture that was overran with Roman culture. In the Jewish culture, there was no adoption. 
There was no official adoption. They, they, they didn't really even know what it was, but in Roman culture, that was, that was living, they were living in that time. They had a process of adoption. And so when he was writing this, when the Apostle Paul wrote down adoption, the only, the only example he had was Roman culture adoption. Let me tell you a little, little bit of what that is. There was no process for adoption in ancient Jewish culture. That if a man died, he just automatically became the head of his brother's house. Uh, the brother would become the, the head of the house. So the word adoption came from a Roman concept. In ancient Rome, adoption had a very powerful meaning. When a child was born biologically, the parents had the option immediately, right then and there, the option was they could disown the child for all kinds of reasons. It didn't matter what it was. The relationship, therefore, was not necessarily desired by the parent, and thus, in their laws and in their culture, it was not permanent. Not so, however, if a child was adopted. In Rome, adoption meant, one, that the child was freely chosen by the parents, desired by the parents a slave could be freed if he or she became a Roman citizen the freedom who was now a Roman citizen the free man who was now a Roman citizen could then be adopted that child could be a permanent member of the family and once you adopted a child in Roman culture you could never disown your child they were yours so when he was talking about this spirit of adoption, you are a new identity, no longer a slave, but a citizen of heaven. You are brand spanking new. That you have the name that your heavenly father gave you. You're brand new. And the most important thing perhaps for today, no matter what you choose to do with your life, this is not free pass but no matter what you choose to do your heavenly father that adopted you and I is not standing in some great and mighty palace with his arms folded going I disown him I don't want her anymore take him back no 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 they don't he 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 never can disown his child and when he looks at you if you're a Christian he sees Jesus don't matter what that boyfriend told you you were it doesn't matter what the world is telling you that you ought to be it doesn't matter if you wasted a bunch of time he still says that's my son that's my daughter. And for some of you this morning, he's calling out to you and it's time to come home. For some of you, you're in this room and you've never, you've never accepted him. We're not, we'll talk about church membership later. We're not talking about church membership today. The invitation is to come home. There's an altar team and our, us pastors, we're going to be down front when pastor gives us the, the permission to do so. And I want to pray for anybody that will let me.
Pastor Wanda, Pastor Paul, the others, pastor, the other pastors, the other altar team members, we're ready. Now, what are we? We're not God. Can't be your father. But what we're doing is what Jesus did as a point of contact. That's all it is. We're coming in agreement with you. I want you to hear me. Some of you have never heard that you're loved. You've heard a false love in a moment of some sort of action that wasn't even something you wanted to do. So let me tell you, you're loved. You matter. You have worth and value. You're, you're, ladies, you're beautiful. You're incredible. Fellows, you're strong and you're mighty. You're stronger than you realize. Addict, no more. Chains hanging off of you, they're broken off. We're going to use them to fish for people. Those of you that, 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 are, that mind games are happening, well, guess what? The Bible says you have access to the mind of Christ. You need a breakthrough in your life. You need a healing. It's available today. No church can give it to you. No man, no woman can give it to you. But God says, that's my son and my daughter, and they get everything. Father, I want to thank you, Father. I want to thank you for the spirit of adoption in the house. I want to thank you, God, that you're still adopting people today. God, that your house is a big, big, big house. And you've got so much more room, and you're just waiting on them to come home. Father, I thank you, God, that that we don't have a spirit of fear, but we have a spirit inside of us that is the spirit of Jesus. No longer slaves, no longer dead, no longer broken or busted or disgusting or any of those things. No, 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 no. We are sons and daughters, and thus we are royalty. And no longer will the Edge Church live in some kind of bondage that says we're always attached to our garbage. No, 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 no. We are royalty. In Jesus' name. You just listened to The Millennial Preacher. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you'll share with all of your friends and family, and also hit that subscribe button. By the way, you can find the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll look for new episodes again next week. Until then, we'll see you later. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams.